Gabriel, how are you? Good. How, always a pleasure to be here, Steve. Okay, today I have the honor, the pleasure of talking to my friend Gabriel Silva, a fellow Vancouverite, a fellow polyglot, originally from Brazil. And uh, we're going to talk about two subjects. Uh, one, why he's a polyglot, what he gets out of being a polyglot, and two, to touch again on the subject that I covered briefly with uh, Leonardo of Portugal, differences between Brazilian Portuguese and European Portuguese. Remember, if you enjoy these videos, please subscribe, click on the bell for notifications. And if you follow me on a podcast service, please leave a review. Gabriel, uh, nice to see you. I'm in Palm Likewise. Springs uh, with my fake uh, bookshelf. Uh, you're, <laughs> I think, in Vancouver. I am. You are a very accomplished uh, polyglot. Uh, I have heard Thank you, you in a number of languages, unrelated languages, Russian, Turkish, you name it. What motivates you? I know what motivates me, but I want to hear from you, and I think it'd be, it would be interesting for my, my viewers. What do you get out of being a polyglot? Why do you do it? Well, I, I, lo I absolutely love this question. And uh, right now, I think that you know, the, my motivation goes through phases. Uh, initially, when I started really learning and getting into languages, uh, it was because I was just individually attracted to to different cultures. So uh, you know, I, I was I learned English, and it took me forever to learn English and really get to a, a very fluent level. And then I was just like, well, it, it seemed to really suck at learning languages, so I just want to actually try to learn French and German. Then I started learning them at the same time, and I uh, I had a personal challenge that I wanted to be, because uh, I love Paris, so I just actually, I lived there for a, for a year. I may go back, I don't know when. And um, I had this personal challenge that I wanted to communicate with Parisians in French. And uh, it also took me forever to accomplish that, and uh, to, to get to the point that my French was decent enough for Parisians not to switch to English immediately. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I was also really into, I, I actually dated a German girl, um, and I fell in love with uh, with Germany. So I just I would go there, and I wanted to um, to learn German as well, especially because it seemed like such a difficult language. So it was also a bit of a challenge. So then, when I when I managed to learn those languages and reach fluency, I was just like, well, you know, like I now I know how to learn a language. So I just started go, you know, getting into different ones. And uh, uh, because I, I was attracted to Russian literature, I thought like, why not someday learn uh, Russian so that I can actually understand Tolstoy? And I thought it was going to take me 20 years to learn Russian, but it was quicker than I expected. And uh, then I started getting into Chinese and I started dabbling into a ton of languages. And then I found my uh, uh, an even greater motivation, which is actually something that I I didn't uh, originally suspect it would, would really happen, but it's just how languages connect people. And I, that's something that, that fascinates me so much because, you know, one thing that I absolutely love to do, um, and this may seem random, but I just, I always like to, you know, strike up conversations on the streets. Uh, I, I talk to random people. Like I was, uh, I was in London for a little while um, after I went, I lived in Paris and, uh, uh, it was just so much fun to just, you know, start start up talking to people. And when you're a polyglot and you speak these, like, these different languages and you, you know, you hear, like, whatever, I would hear some Chinese start speaking Chinese. I, I would hear some uh, Turkish. I'd be just like, oh, is that Turkish? Oh, you're, you're from Turkey? 
And the barriers just disappear. It's just absolutely insane how quick they disappear. I want to pick up on some of the things, some of the themes that you mentioned that I think are very important. First of all, we become a polyglot one language at a time. Now we may study two languages at the same time, but we begin by learning one other language and then another language. So at the beginning on the sort of journey towards becoming a polyglot, it starts one language at a time. For whatever reason, we're motivated to learn one language. We're motivated to learn another language. We realize we know how to do it. We can do it. And then it kind of snowballs. That's very much been my experience. The second thing you're saying is that languages connect us. And, and I think if we look at like, what's the purpose of life? I think we are never happier than when we are connecting with other people. And we can connect with other people like in the here and now or through books and movies and we can connect with people in faraway countries or faraway centuries. And so the opportunities to discover human, human beings, human activity is, is so much enhanced by learning different languages. So the things that you mentioned are absolutely, I totally agree with what you have to say there. Yeah, absolutely. And like that, I, uh, one person that, uh, that comes to mind is, uh, Ari, uh, Xiaoma, New York City. Oh yeah, right. And he because he uh, and basically like I do I do some some like similar videos like in a different kind of context really because I um, and he connects he goes and he gets a, an amazing reaction from people because his Mandarin is so good and um, and it's just amazing to see how like uh, barriers just like absolutely dissolve between people. So, but but right, it's so important it's just, in doing that to make it about genuine communication and not simply about performing. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, we yeah. have to make sure that we genuinely want to connect with those people. We don't want to just use them as a prop. I'm not saying that Ari does that, but I think it's yeah. very important to do, to do this whole thing with respect. Uh, one thing I should say, uh, you are a genuine polyglot, genuinely interested in people, in literature, and so many different things. But I should point out that one of your major activities is at your YouTube channel, you help Brazilians with their English or other languages. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure. And, um, you know, Brazil, people maybe don't fully realize that, like it's like the United States, like it's 200 million people. It's a huge country. So a lot of people. <laughs> uh, a country with, again, a, a mixture of peoples from, you know, different parts of the world, including the indigenous people. It's a fascinating country with tremendous potential and you're sort of single-handedly helping them overcome the obstacles that language schools <laughs> put in front of them in terms of learning languages. What are some of your messages to your followers in, in Brazil? I would say, you know, um, first, one of my messages will for sure, like, be, listen to Steve. Like, check out his channel. He's got so much incredible advice. And second, really, is, what you know, like what, what I always say, just, like, really... Um, take language learning into your own hands and don't really just depend on the little course that you bought and that you're, mm-hmm. that you're doing because uh, the language learning process is fun. You should be engaged in it. You should um, get exposure to the language as much as you can to, to things that you like, to things that you enjoy. And um, because a lot of students really have this passive attitude towards mm-hmm. learning a language, especially in, right. in Brazil. It's changing now, you know, but that's especially Brazil everywhere. Like it's everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, unless so, you live in Europe where neighboring countries speak so many different languages. Yeah. In Brazil, it's uh, less motivation to learn, I guess. 
No, no, of course. But the thing is just like, I think that um, it's just because the a lot of Brazilians are, are very, they have, they have like a traditional mindset, a mm. more orthodox uh, way of thinking. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But just like the, the mentality is normally, yeah, like I'm just going to go take a course to learn a language. Right. And rely on that, rely on and not go that much further. But it is changing. And like you said, yeah, it's it is a universal problem uh, to many, especially, for example, like in North America. First thing that pops up when you say, oh, I, I'll pick up Duolingo or Rosetta Stone to, to learn a language. And that's just the, the way that people uh, think about it normally, like the average person. Right. If they when it comes if to learning they, a language, if they go that far. <laughs> If they go that far, exactly. <laughs> Listen, one last thing. Uh, we can talk forever. We always do. Of course. Um, so Brazil is this fascinating country, 200 million people. I, I'm not sure I have the stats right, but it's around 200 million people. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet I think Portugal it's 210 in, maybe. It's very big. 210? And, maybe. And Portugal in Europe is a much smaller country, 10 million people. But of course, for Europeans, it's a much more likely tourist destination than Brazil because Brazil is mm. that much further away. Uh, North Americans may be more likely to go to Brazil. I don't know. But for people who want to learn the Portuguese language, how important are the differences between Portuguese in Europe, in, in, in uh, Portugal, or for that matter, Mozambique or wherever else Portuguese is spoken, versus the form of the language or the different regional forms of the language in Brazil? How important are all these regional varieties of the language for a learner. Uh, I think that a lot of uh, Portuguese people may disagree with me, but I would say that they're not that relevant, really, mm. in the sense that, especially, for instance, the, that is a question that I get for English all the time, too. Like, oh, should I learn British English or should I learn uh, American English or Australian English if I'm going to Australia? I would say learn English, learn the language, um, and then really worry about your your specific uh, local accent or dialect later. But of course, that you know, like you may encounter some minor issues if, uh, let's say, you, you learn American English and then you move to Scotland. Um, then, you know, they have extreme a, a example, very... Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's an extreme example. You're in Glasgow and then like you're going right. to be struggling to understand. And then, of course, you can get a lot of exposure to content from that area to just get acquainted with the, the accent. And the funny thing too is just like, for instance, just even in the UK alone, there's so many regional accents. Scouse mm -hmm. is so different from uh, an ac any accent from the, the South or even mm -hmm. the Geordie accent in Newcastle. But anyway, so the Portuguese, basically there is just so much uh, content in Brazilian Portuguese really. And in Brazil, we have so many also like different accents. Uh, Gidias, so like basically um, slang and all sorts of different things. But I would say learn the language. And of course, um, Portuguese in Portugal is very beautifully spoken. It tends to be more formal. Uh, of mm -hmm. course, they have their slang as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, often if you get exposure to a lot of content from Brazil, you may come across a lot of uh, local slangs and, and things that are going to be used in Brazil that are not going to be used in Portugal. And there will be word, you know, vocab that's going to be different as well. I love Portugal. I've been there uh, twice. And uh, it was just very, very like, I'm fascinated uh, um, about, like, the different little differences. You know, like, sometimes mm -hmm. it would be just, like, a word that's just like, oh, you guys say that? Yeah, but, you know, like... Yeah, but, but you're... At a very high level, obviously, in all languages, but in particular in your native language, I think the average beginner would have trouble telling whether this is Brazilian or Portuguese. Wouldn't even know. 
Um, mm. As is true with Spanish, as is true with all these other languages that have different regional variations. So you can't even hear the difference. So beginners shouldn't worry about these differences. They should just learn words. And certainly when I was learning Portuguese, I listened to both Portuguese and Brazilian. I want to be mm. able to understand people uh, wherever they may come from. And so I tend to feel that people make too much of an issue out of this, you know, which variety are you going to learn? <laughs> is this Portuguese from Portugal or is it from Brazil? You have to get pretty good. You have to be well into intermediate before you can even hear the difference. I yeah, think. absolutely. I think that like I've heard uh, some people say like, oh, you know, Portuguese from Portugal sounds more like Russian to a foreign person yeah, versus yeah. Brazilian Portuguese may sound more like uh, I don't know, like uh, some broken form of Spanish or whatever, like <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. To whoever doesn't speak the language or whatever. But um, yeah, I think that, you know, Steve, you're absolutely right, because you need to learn the language. Then if you just really want to focus on a specific area, let's say that you're learning Portuguese and then you want to move to, to Lisbon or you want to move to Porto or... Uh, versus São Paulo or Bahia, like you know, you're gonna, you can then later worry about uh, um, the regional accents, the regional exactly. like slang, I mean, way later in the game. If you really don't know the language at all, you may think Portuguese sounds like Russian. Uh, once <laughs> you know words, you're more focused on the words, and at that point, the differences become less important. If you don't mm -hmm. know the language at all, you would think that Greek and Casti like Iberian Spanish are the same language because they have the same sounds. <laughs> the same sounds. But they don't have the same words at all. And, yeah. But once you know the words, it's hard to tell if the person is Mexican or Spanish because you're now mm. focused on the words. And overwhelmingly in Portuguese, like from, from Europe or from Brazil, it's the same words and it's the same grammar, period. No, yeah. more or less. Yeah. yeah, well, I say, like, obviously, you know, the... the the Portuguese, and that's something that I've noticed in Portugal, for instance. They speak very, they speak very elegantly. You know, the the Portuguese. They're very proud of Portuguese of the Portuguese language. Right. And even, like, for example, like sometimes on my channel, every now and then a Portuguese person says, like, "Oh, hey, you know, like, listen, this is Brazilian. Th that's not Portuguese. You know, that's a different language." But it's it is the Portuguese language, of course. That you know, there there are many. Um, you know differences uh, in terms of especially vocab in, in the in the long run but when it comes to when it comes down to it it is the same language essentially right. and it's the same thing for example like let's say let's take spanish for instance someone from colombia normally uh, the colombian accent is regarded as uh, very clean and, mm -hmm. and pure um, they speak very clearly and so on. So, and then if you take someone from Chile, Chile has a no lot worries. of, uh, <laughs> yeah, they have like a lot of regional, um, slang. They, they, they cut the words and especially because they, they're more, uh, geogra geographically isolated, right? By the right. And Andes and stuff. Uh, Andes in Portuguese? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so then if you, but you know, if you, if you're going to move to Chile, you're gonna learn Spanish anyway. Then later, you like when you're like you said when you're at an intermediate level, right? Then you're gonna be really, you know, wanting to focus on the regional accent and so on. Right. But it is the Spanish language. It doesn't the really, you with, know. With Gabriel, is that we always agree on everything. So uh, <laughs> on that point of agreement, <laughs> learn Portuguese. It's a wonderful language. There's I don't know 250 million speakers around the world. Just learn the language. Don't worry about which version. And that applies to whether you're learning Portuguese or Spanish or French or English or Chinese or any other language. 
Gabriel, as usual, uh, I, we could speak for hours, but maybe we'll just stop it there. And thank you very much for coming on my channel. Sounds good. Always a great pleasure, Steve.